Hey, what's up, church family, and good morning. Uh, Pastor Chris here, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to our live stream this morning. Uh, particularly if you are new or visiting for the first time, uh, I just want to give you a very special welcome and thank you for choosing to be with us on this Lord's Day morning. I know that there's a whole slew of different options of what you could have chosen uh, to do on this beautiful Sunday, and uh, we just consider it a great honor and a privilege that you chose to be with us this morning. It'd be helpful for you all to know that our normal flow and rhythm is to go through books of the Bible, passage by passage, uh, one passage at a time. But uh, this morning, we're actually taking a bit of a break uh, just for one Sunday uh, from our regularly uh, from our regular scheduled programming uh, to participate what's called uh, to participate in what's called uh, Repentance Sunday. Today we are joining thousands of churches and ministries all throughout our nation to pray for repentance and revival during uh, this the during the time of this service. Now I do have a short sermon for you from different scriptures unpacking this topic of repentance. Uh, and throughout the sermon, we're going to litter different readings and prayers uh, that are going to be led by various members of our church family, various members and leaders of our church family. Uh, and we're also going to leave some space here and there for you to pray about some of the specific things that I'm going to uh, be talking about. Now, you might be asking the question, why are we doing this today? Why are we doing this Repentance Sunday thing with thousands of other churches today? And there's actually a historical significance behind it. It's because today happens to be uh, what's known as the Day of Atonement uh, or Yom Kippur. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a ceremonial law where one day a year, God's people were required to fast. This day was called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And the single reason for their fasting and for their praying was to mourn, to lament before God about all the division, all the destruction, all the degradation happening throughout their nation. You see, God's people were under oppression. They were exiled. They were going through hard times and various plagues. And because of these things, God gave them this day where they could together mourn as a people. And when they fasted and they prayed, uh, they believed that God would come and deliver them that he would revive their souls, that he would renew their land. And so I think it's very uh, appropriate that we pray for many of those things today. My guess is that you would agree too. So let's make this current. Why are we participating in this? It's because simply we're just doing this in response to the continued division, destruction, and degradation that we see taking place in our very own land. You see, these are really unique times. And that's why just a few months ago in July, a number of different church leaders from various denominations and networks, what they did is they started gathering together online through Zoom to pray together, confess together, repent together, plead to God for revival and seek his face together. 
They said, hey, let's put aside all of our strategies for renewal uh, and just uh, return simply to the powerful discipline of prayer and ask for God to move powerfully through that prayer. And see, that's exactly what revival is. It's an unusual and single manifestation of God's power through the Holy Spirit. You see, that's exactly what revival is. It's an unusual and single manifestation of God's power through the Holy Spirit. We have Dr. Lloyd-Jones to thank for that definition. Now, of course, it would be super helpful for us to define exactly what we mean by repentance. So now let's walk through four questions and answers to help define that term, repentance. Question. What is repentance? Answer. A change of heart and mind that causes us to confess our sin, turn away from our sin, and turn toward God. Question. What does repentance produce? Answer. Forgiveness. Refreshing our spirit life, and a restored relationship with God. Question, why is repentance needed? Two main reasons, sin and death. Sin separates us from God, and unrepentant repentant sin leads to death. Question, how does one repent? Answer, agree, turn, confess. Through the Spirit's conviction, agree with God that you are sinning, Turn from your sin and towards God, confess your sins and verbalize it. And so both the rededication of believers and the spiritual awakening of unbelievers is involved in that. And who wouldn't want that, right? What follower of Jesus wouldn't want to rededicate their own lives and see other unbelievers come to spiritual awakening too. And that's an example that we see throughout the scriptures is that when a nation is experiencing disasters and calamities, God's people is they would gather together and take responsibility uh, for their land. They turn to God, repent of their sins, fix their eyes on him and pour their hearts out in prayer on behalf of their neighbors, their neighborhoods, their churches, their nation and their land. And you need to know that, man, that is our heart too here at King's Cross. This is why we planted King's Cross is we wanted people to turn to Christ. Our deep-seated desire is that more and more people would repent in such a way that like God would just cause revival to happen here. You see, our greatest desire is to have our hearts so impacted by Jesus and his gospel that we are compelled as a people to raise godly children, to orient our families towards the glory of God and the good of others, to herald the good news of Jesus in hopes that our cities and our local uh, culture and communities would be just completely transformed by the spirit of God. But when we look around, if what we see is despair, division, desperation, when we look around right now, what we see is restlessness. John Calvin says that the human heart is like a factory of idols. What that means is that as a people, we are just crazy good at uh, churning out these idols 
things that we replace God for and that we choose to worship instead. I mean, we just look at the statistics of our nation. Like, our nation leads the world in, in, in drug use, in murder, in incarceration, in pornography, in, in, in divorce, uh, in abortion, right? 1.5 million babies a year are aborted. That's about 100 babies by the end of this message are killed through abortion. There's racial divisions in our street. There's uh, law enforcement officers that are being randomly killed. There's political po polarization from the left and from the, 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 the right. And on top of all of this, there's this virus sweeping the world, crumbling our economy. Depression and suicide and anxiety is increasing and up through the roof. And what we see throughout the scriptures is that <clears throat> when these kinds of things happen, famines, droughts, disease, and corruption. When those things happen, like in, in, in 2 Chronicles 7, in 2 Samuel 21, or, or, in, uh, or in the book of Joel, what we see is that God commands his people to pray to him. In Jeremiah 18, what we see is uh, the Lord makes this fast, fascinating declaration. He shares this fascinating uh, truism. I want you to, to hear it now. Jeremiah 18, 7 through 8. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And look, it's not just in the Old Testament that we see uh, God saying that. We, we, we see this in the New Testament too, this call to repentance. In Mark chapter 1, John the baptizer is emphasizing repentance and forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus comes and he picks up where John left off in, 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 in uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 14. I want you to see what Jesus' message was about when he started his ministry. Look at this. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What we see here is that repentance is for everybody. Not just unbelievers, but for Christians too. As in fact, in, in the book of Revelation, uh, there's seven different churches that Jesus is addressing. Uh, and it says five of those churches repented. I want you to know that Jesus both begins and he ends his ministry in the New Testament with a call to repentance. Here's the first prayer point I want us to pause for. I want us to start by repenting of our lack of love for God. Orient our hearts in worship. To get our hearts in the right place, I want you to hear uh, the words of Jesus in John 17. He's praying to God in one of his last recorded moments of his life before the cross. And I want you to see how much he yearns and longs for us to have hearts that are oriented towards God, upward to God in worship. And so I want you to hear the words from this passage, and then we're gonna uh, take a minute uh, to pray uh, and just repent before God. 
John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Do you notice how aware Jesus is that he and the Father are chock full of glory? I wonder how many of us need to be reminded of how glorious our God is, but how glorious Christ is. And maybe, perhaps, we just need to repent for ways that we've been uh, chasing after counterfeit glories in the things of this world, in earthly matters, in earthly possessions, in earthly circumstances, rather uh, than having a God word and God-sized view of, um, of worship. And so let's repent for any way that um, we may have been robbing God of the worship that he rightfully deserves. Uh, Let's take a moment uh, to do that and then we'll be right back. Searcher of hearts, I consider it a good day when you give me a glimpse of myself. Sin is my greatest evil, but you are my greatest good. My country, family, church, they're worse because of my sins. For sinners bring judgment in thinking sins are small, or that God is not angry with them. Let me not take other good men as my example and think I'm good because I'm like them. For all good men are not so good as you desire, are not always consistent, do not always follow holiness, do not always feel good in sore affliction. Show me how to know when a thing is evil, which I think is right and good. 
how to know when what is lawful comes from an evil principle. Give me grace to recall my needs, my lack of knowing your will in scripture, of wisdom to guide others, of daily repentance, wants that keep you at bay, of the spirit of prayer, having words without love, of zeal for your glory, seeking my own ends, of joy in you and your will, of love to others. And let me not lay my pipe too short of the fountain, never touching the eternal spring, never drawing down water from above. Amen. And so now for our next point of prayer, I want us to seize the opportunity to actually just repent for our lack of repentance. Or to clarify what I mean by that, to repent of any ways that we just lack hating our own personal sin. A prayer of confession. I want you to consider this reading from Psalm 19. Psalm 19, 12 through 14. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Almighty and most merciful Father, I have erred and strayed from your ways like a lost sheep. I have followed too much the devices and desires of my own heart. I have offended against your holy laws. I have left undone those things which I ought to have done, and I have done those things which I ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon me. Spare me and restore me as I confess my faults according to the promises declared to me in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for Jesus' sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Now for our next point of prayer, uh, I want us to repent of our corporate sins. 
When I use that word corporate, I mean uh, like our, our, our community sins, right? Because the Bible tells us that, that sin is not only something that we participate in individually, but it's something that we also participate in corporately as a people. Not only does sin affect us at an individual level, it also has an effect on society and culture at a systemic level. All throughout the scriptures, you see uh, people pleading on behalf of uh, the sins of others. We see that most pointedly in the prophets, prophets like Moses, prophets like Jonah, who interceded before God, uh, mediating, uh, so to speak, uh, as uh, uh, just praying for a people that just needed intercession. We see examples, too, uh, throughout the scriptures where, where, where people prayed uh, corporate prayers of repentance, repenting on behalf of their people or on their nation or on behalf of their forefathers. And so I want us to take an opportunity right now uh, to pray uh, and repent of our corporate sins. For you, that might be, uh, you might feel led to pray for our corporate sins as as a church, ways that uh, maybe we as a local church uh, have fallen short at being a light in, in our community. Maybe you want to pray for the church at large uh, in our nation uh, for ways that maybe uh, we haven't stepped up in truth and in love. Uh, maybe you want to pray on behalf of our nation, just repenting for uh, repenting to God uh, for no, the sins of our our nation. Maybe it's us, the sins of your family, whatever it is uh, for you. I want us to take an opportunity right now. Uh, and however the Lord is leading you to pray for uh, the corporate uh, sins that God has placed on your heart. And we're going to start with a reading here uh, from uh, John 17, a continuation of Jesus's uh, high priestly uh, prayer. See what he has to say. John chapter 17, verses 15 through 18. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And what we see there is that uh, Christ is sending us, his disciples, to be in the world, not of the world, but in the world and for the world, for the good of the world, to be lights in the midst of darkness, to uh, lead in repentance, uh, to be a faithful witness. And we can't do that uh, if we le are leaving our, our individual and corporate sins unacknowledged. And so take a moment now to pray for those corporate sins that the Lord has placed on your heart. Thank you. 
Lord Jesus, give me a deeper repentance, a horror of sin, a dread of its approach. Help me chastely to flee it and jealously to resolve that my heart shall be yours alone. Give me a deeper trust that I may lose myself to find myself in you, the ground of my rest, the spring of my being. Give me a deeper knowledge of thyself as Savior, Master, Lord, and King. Give me a deeper power in private prayer, more sweetness in thy word, more steadfast grip on its truth. Give me deeper holiness in speech, thought, action, and let me not seek moral virtue apart from you. I have no master but you, no law but your will, no delight but you, no wealth but what you give, no good but what you bless, no peace but what you bestow. I am nothing but what you make me. I have nothing but that I receive from you. I can be nothing but that grace adorns me. Quarry me deep, dear Lord, and then fill me to overflowing with living water. Amen. All right, and now for our next point of prayer, I want us to repent for ways that we may have put our trust in uh, uh, men rather than God. You see, because our tendency is when things are going out of control, when we're feeling uh, 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 just devastated, when we look around and see destruction, when we're feeling anxious or depressed, our tendency might to be to place our trust and our faith in uh, men or in women. Like that might be we place our faith in our own power or maybe in the power of uh, we place our, our trust in politics or in a politician. Or maybe we place too much faith in a, a pastor or a local church or, or what have you. Um, and, and it's not that those things don't have a role to play in, in God's order of things. But they should never replace God himself. I want you to, to read uh, 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 this passage from uh, these two verses from Psalm 118 and heed the warning in these verses. Psalm 118 verses 8 through 9. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. So let's take a moment now and pray. Repent of the ways that we have wrongly placed our trust in men uh, or the institutions of men uh, over God, his kingdom, and his power.
O changeless God, under the conviction of thy spirit, I learn that the more I do, the worse I am. The more I know, the less I know. The more holiness I have, the more sinful I am, the more I love, the more there is to love. How little I love your truth and ways. I neglect prayer by thinking I have prayed enough and earnestly. By knowing you have saved my soul. Of all hypocrites, grant that I may not be an evangelical hypocrite who sins more safely because grace abounds, who tells his lusts that Christ's blood cleanseth them, who reasons that God cannot cast him into hell, for he is saved, who loves evangelical preaching, churches, Christians, but lives unholily. My mind is a bucket without a bottom, with no spiritual understanding, no desire for the Lord's day, ever learning, but never reaching the truth, always at the gospel well, but never holding water. My conscience is without conviction or contrition, with nothing to repent of. My will is without power of decision or resolution. My heart is without affection and full of leaks. My memory has no retention, so I forget easily the lessons learned, and thy truths seep away. Give me a broken heart that yet carries home the water of grace. All right, we're in the home stretch now. We've got two points of prayer left. But right now, I want us uh, in our time of prayer to repent for ways that we've lacked love for one another. These are crazy divisive times. Um, Now, I'm only 36 years old, but I've talked to men and women who are twice my age that have said in in all their life, in all their experience in living in this nation for several decades, they've never seen this level of division and animosity uh, amongst Americans as, as they do right now. One of the sad things is um, a lot of the animosity that we see happening in the public sphere is also creeping into uh, churches. I just spent a a couple weeks ago, I spent a few hours with some local uh, pastors. And a lot of these guys were um, just talking about how uh, disruptive the current cultural and political climate that we live in has been to the unity of the church. With all the various different views on uh, the, um, the, the threat of the coronavirus, with the different uh, levels of comfort that people have uh, being in, in groups of people, uh, with all the division uh, that there is uh, um, both in, 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 in the media, but also in real life uh, conversations uh, related to race, uh, class, uh, politics, uh, the election coming up. And man, the thing is that we see things are being so awful and so divisive uh, in our culture. And the one place where we should expect to see none of that happening should be the local church. The local church, just to be clear, does not take its cues from culture. It's actually the other way around, as Jesus was praying earlier. God, I sent them into the world. They're not of the world, but I sent them in the world to be a witness to the world. So I want you to to hear now this uh, passage of scripture 
on this topic, and then we'll take a moment to pray and repent for uh, ways that we perhaps have lacked love for one another. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. It's almost like you get the sense that the Lord Jesus really wants us to be united as one. So man, let's take a moment uh, to just pray and repent for ways uh, that um, maybe uh, through our actions or through our thoughts or our words and gossip or just even in, in the hardness of our own hearts that we may have uh, contributed uh, to disunity and division. Lord, oh that such a crown should fit the head of such a sinner, such high promotion for an unfruitful person, such joys for so vile a rebel. Infinite wisdom show the design of salvation in the mold of purchase and freedom. Let wrath deserved be written on the door of hell, but the free gift of grace written on the gate of heaven. I know that my suffering is the result of my sin, but in heaven both shall cease. Grant me to attain that safety and be done with sailing. And may the winds of your mercy blow me safely into the harbor. Let your love draw me nearer to yourself. Free me from sin. Free me from this world and make me ready for my departure soon. Secure me by your grace as I sail across this stormy sea. Now lastly, I want us to take an opportunity for us to, to pray a prayer of repentance for our lack of love towards the lost, to repent of our apathy that we 
may be harboring toward the loss. The fact is, God has not only saved us as believers to himself and Jesus Christ, but he's saved us and filled us with his spirit and sent us with a mission to spread that same hope to those around us. And yet, maybe because of a, um, a, a uh, just lack of conviction for that truth, or a lack of love and understanding of how lost the people around us might be, um, we, we've just grown apathetic and cold to the fact that there are people in our lives that God has sovereignly placed around us who He desires for us to be a witness to, to be salt and light to, to spread the hope of the gospel to. This idea of, of spreading the message of repentance and faith and hope and grace is something that has marked the church ever since the beginning. I want you to read this passage of scripture um, from the early church about how committed they were to this mission. Acts 26 verses 19 through 20. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. You see, that, that was the church's mission back then, and it continues to be the church's mission today. Does that mission grab your heart? Do you find your heart softened for the lost around you? If it's not to the degree that you think it should be, then let's take an opportunity right now to just pray a prayer of repentance um, and ask God to uh, just revive that passion in us afresh. Almighty and most merciful Father, I have erred and strayed from your ways like a lost sheep. I have followed too much the devices 
and desires of my own heart. I have offended against your holy laws. I have left undone those things which I ought to have done and have done those things which I ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon me. Spare me and restore me as I confess my faults according to the promises declared to me in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for Jesus' sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen.
the sign, irrevocable and strong, are your covenants, no oh guide, and the love that you have shown is the only hope I own. Set my gaze upon the Christ and rejoice in Satan's eyes, for my victory is won by my Savior God, the Son, and oh, 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 Thank you so much for just patiently and faithfully uh, working your way through this Repentance Sunday service uh, with us. I want you to be encouraged that as we were going through this, we were joining in a powerful move of God as thousands upon thousands of other believers, other Christians, other churches and ministries all throughout our nation were joining together with us this morning to repent before God uh, and ask and seek His face and revival. I want you to keep in mind that repentance isn't just a one-day thing, but it's something that marks the entire Christian life. If we're living rightly before God, then our whole lives will be marked by this turning from sin and turning toward knowing, loving, and obeying Jesus. That this spiritual walk that we walk on will not be without missteps. This road that we're walking on, this spiritual road, will not be without speed bumps or potholes. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall. We're going to have to keep getting up again and again by the grace of God. And we have to keep turning back to God by the grace and power of God. That's what repentance is. We have to keep repenting. And so we don't arrive at perfection where we, we have this, this, we're in this place where we no longer have to repent, where we no longer have to turn from sin and towards uh, an amazing, beautiful life in Christ. No, the Christian life is a life that is constantly marked by repentance, marked by returning to God, returning to know Him and to love Him and follow Him and obey Him. And so King's Cross, let's let repentance be um, something that marks our lives and our church. 
Let repentance and seeking revival and the renewal of our land not just be something that we focus on at this moment, but let's have this, this moment, this Sunday, this Repentance Sunday, let that be the start of perhaps a new rhythm and posture for us as a church and for us individually as Christ followers. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, let me pray uh, and then we'll go ahead and just uh, dis dismiss you uh, to enjoy the rest of this uh, Sabbath day. Lord God, forgive us. Forgive us for ways that we have fallen short of your glory and of our, uh, of our mission to bring you glory and to, to do good to our neighbors for the sake of the gospel. Lord, would you just make us a people of repentance? May turning from our sin and toward you be something that is just so habitual to us that with each new waking day uh, at the fall of every new night, our hearts are wanting to turn from sin and towards you, God. Lord, we rededicate ourselves to you as a church. We rededicate ourselves to you as a people. Set us aside for your purposes in the world. And we ask God that through us and through your people, through all the other churches in our community, all the other churches throughout our nation and throughout the world to the very ends of the earth, God, would you work through us to be a mighty movement of your power, of renewed hearts and minds in the gospel that are a faithful witness to the world so that revival might break out, so that a spiritual awakening might break out. Lord, we, we ask and we pray and we plead in Jesus' name for revival in our land. Renew the hearts and minds of your people. Awaken the souls and soften the hearts of hardened sinners. We long to see more and more people, some of our family members, some of our neighbors, some of our coworkers, just the people that you've sovereignly placed around us in our lives, people that you've burdened our hearts for. God, we pray that more and more of these souls, more of these people might come to know you and love you and worship you as a great and sovereign God. Lord, we long for that. Healing for disaster, division, degradation in our land. Healing comes primarily through the hope of the gospel. And so, Lord, saturate these lands with your gospel. It's in Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the King's Cross Church Podcast. We'd like to encourage listeners to be part of a local church gathering. If you're ever in the Orange County, California area, we'd love it if you'd come by and visit on a Sunday morning. For meeting times and locations or any other information about us, please visit kx.church. There's no .com in that, just kx.church. Thanks again for listening.